call is being recorded. Hi, Chioma here. And I'm Mita. We're cousins and good friends who decided to turn our hours-long weekly phone calls into a podcast. Come into the room. Our open conversations are now open to you. In partnership with our friends at Yawa, this is Are You Me? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a way that first children are raised and conditioned. I don't think it's fair, to be honest. I, I really don't. And it's it's universal in a way. I think even beyond cultural, I think maybe it's more exacerbated by culture. But even when you talk to people who grew up in this West, Western here countries, right? It's kind of the same level. Like you meet people and you can kind of tell sometimes that they're first children. I mean, even they've kind of, there's research that shows that people who end up at some even of these top universities or whatever is disproportionately represented yeah. by first children. And because like their personalities just end up so type A because of how like their race and condition it's a lot. It's actually too much responsibility. Like I think about it sometimes like I need to find a way to have my first child if I have children be free of all of this burden of that yeah. we place on first children. It's actually terrible. I just kind of I remember the intense pressure of not even being able to make a mistake like like the way the level of guilt like oh don't you know your siblings are looking up to you blah blah blah. i'm just kind of like i'm trying to figure out my life (laughs) are you literally a child who do i have to look right like who do i have to look up to like it just felt so i mean it's a bit much it's a bit much i'd be curious to know if like i think there's i think there's also just like a personality aspect that's true like my brother is pretty responsible. Mm-hmm. I would not even say like even sometimes overly so. <laughs> it's a bit much. Um, so yeah. yeah, there is definitely a personality aspect to it. But I think when you add the first child on top of it, like imagine that was your, already your personality to kind of be that kind of person, and then you have the pressure of like the first child and the indoctrination well, and all that. Yeah, and then of course we know not just is that there's first child and then there's first first girl yeah <laughs> first child who's a girl um or like i think there's two lo- like i think i'm slightly better off than if i were a firstborn on mm-hmm. top like i think being a first girl was already was challenging enough but i can't imagine like you being both firstborn and first girl <laughs> yeah like it actually it wasn't it wasn't always a fun experience i can't lie yeah like the level of actual responsibilities for my siblings from I look back on some of the things and I'm like these were not normal things to do and normal like, ways to be parenting your ki- your your siblings like, like I've been making dinner for everybody since like I was like before I was nine years old and mm. I know all this because I left for boarding school at nine so all of these things like before I was nine like I was I would make dinner for there was one time I almost burnt the house down because because you were nine <laughs> i wasn't even nine I was like, like eight, eight or dead. seven <laughs> so but the thing is like my mom my mom had been cooking beans right i remember as a child beans was a thing like was like actually my special like my dad would prefer to eat the beans i cooked than the beans like my mom cooked like that's how much like i was out here and as you know beans is not like a guambo rice type of food yeah to cook. no like no more, there's it's more to really, it for sure it's, it's more elaborate at least so I remember this time, like my mom had gone out, my dad was, she usually would get back late. So I was cooking beans, right? And because I was a literal child, I fell asleep. <laughs> and so by the time that oh like, gosh. I woke up, 
uh, well, one, I only woke up because of all the banging and the whatever. And at this point, the whole, there's smoke everywhere. Like, <gasps> the beast has burnt, of course, and which is why there's like, and then, so, like, the only reason, like, my mom, they almost broke down the door because my mom was knocking, and this was the days when I still slept very deeply, which, by the way, it was literally beating out of me. Oh my god. Like not like that, what, the reason why like now if you just walk past maybe I'm sleeping you talk like any little thing like I will wake up and just say, fall back asleep. Literally I wonder if it's part of why you're of a little bit I wonder if it's part of why you're a little bit um start, easily startled. Maybe it might be it, for real for real might be like legit. Like, yeah. And so I like my mom finally came and the beatings I got that day eh, for falling asleep while I'm burning down and almost burning down the house. The beating that I got that, and of course, sleeping so deeply that they were knocking and I did not hear. Mm. The beating that I got that day, when I told you that this ability to sleep deeply was like, I can also hardly fall asleep in a car because growing up as well, like that was the thing. My mom would be like, blah, 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 you fall asleep, they will carry you away, blah, 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 blah. Like they will, like they will, like like, you you, will be kidnapped, they will carry you, go something, something. Like legit, like always having to be on a lot all the time in ways that my siblings didn't like if it was me and my siblings like i would have to be the one to be like okay well let me be awake mm-hmm. and make sure like blah, blah like always just paying attention even now you can hardly see i don't know if you noticed well one way in east africa one way in kenya the, the guy was driving i don't yeah, know i was always watching him asleep. yeah i was always watching him because the mindset in my mind like it's so i cannot get rid of it like i really can't it's so it probably even has something to do like when because i don't know if i told you how Around 2018, like, I started having anxiety with flying, which, again, was like, this is weird. Like, I've been flying for years. I don't get anxious about flying. Like, where is this coming from? Blah, blah, blah. And I realized, like, it came, it started when I was traveling with my brother. In When me and my brother took that, uh, took a, like, a summer trip to Europe and that whole time, that was, I would get so anxious. Like, the idea, like, oh, my goodness, my parents only have three children. There are two of us on this plane. Like, if, there's nothing I can actually do, but the level of anxiety, the level of responsibility that I was carrying in my soul over the fact that me and my brother were in like which my brother would sleep solidly. My brother, in fact, before the plane has taken off, my brother's falling asleep. <laughs> I'm not lying about that, by the way. He literally has already slept. But I like I was so anxious all the time. And then even after I was not traveling my brother anymore, it was just me. I realized like I started like just was just like anxious about flying. And of course I had to like walk through that and deal and blah blah blah. And like get over it because I was like, oh this is not the way. Like I'm mm-hmm. still gonna continue to be flying. Like having this level of anxiety is not gonna help me at all. But I really traced it back to that time of like flying with my brother. And I even remember talking to my pastor and bought him about it. And he, he kind of just like, he understood, but he was like, what about like, they all went to Nigeria and it was literally all of his family on the plane. Like, what would I say about that? But like, so he, he understood where I was coming from. But it was also just kind of like, there's not really much you can do like mm-hmm. about it. And so like, he kind of like talked to me about like, just focusing on, even now, and I'll still do that even now. I don't know, again, if you notice when we're traveling in East Africa, like maybe sometimes when we're about to take off, like I might like just be listening to music. Like, I just like listen to worship music and it really would just like help me to just kind of focus on, like focus on God and all of his promises for me and all of that, blah, 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 blah. Like it really, I know it, sound, it probably sounds like crazy, but like it's really no, super helpful. No, it doesn't helpful. sound crazy. <laughs> like it's really super helpful for me. No, I always, I, if I can control it, I try to sleep. I can't. Well, see, but here's my that's here's my one anxious flying thing. I try to sleep during takeoff and landing if I can because those are the most likely times for something to go wrong. Yeah, and so I'm like, if something is gonna go wrong, 
Yeah, the problem Let me is, like, be I actually, asleep. I actually can't. So um, the thing is, even if I fall, like, so sometimes, you know how sometimes you're, you're on the tarmac for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I might even fall asleep then. But once, once we once actually start moving, I'm already awake. Yeah. And the thing for me is, even if I do, like, kind of sleep, any small movement, like mm-hmm. the plane, yeah. I'm already awake. Like, it's so, uh, I don't know. You're probably right that that probably has a lot to do with it. Like, I just never, like, just even the ability to just sleep, like a normal mm. person, like, literally got that bitten out of me and, like, talked out of me. It's so crazy to just think about, firstly, you as a child. Because, I, like, I also think about cooking. Like, I left Nigeria at nine. And I know that I was already cooking before then. And I just think to myself, like, that seems, it just seems crazy. I try to think of like nine-year-olds I know. They're so little. Yeah. They seem like literal children. I think of like, and bear in mind, this is like, we're talking about nine max because for both of us, that was the point where we left. I stopped living at home when I was nine. So everything was before the age of nine. Right. I'm like, so you're looking at, that's eight, seven, six, probably started they probably started teaching you things at five and i see this all the time like even when like especially when you go back to nigeria and you kind of see if you're in a if you're even just moving around through your own community Mm -hmm. like whenever i'm in port harcourt like just walking through our neighborhood like there's always some really young girl probably five years old carrying her brother her little her smaller brother you know what i mean like just taking on an immense amount of responsibility that yeah i used to have to watch my siblings like yeah from i don't even know how young i was like but i remember there's nobody watched us we i watched them like i watched my team i remember then i'll hide the key this was when my sister was like young i'll hide the key because my sister was too short to like get to where the key was and she always wanted like go out and like try to find my mom or my and so i'll hide the key where her hand could not reach it so that she cannot like get the key it was really funny i definitely felt like, again, I don't think I have it as bad as a firstborn. But I definitely, like, even as a first girl, like, then you start hearing the narrative from early about all the expectations of you. You hear it from from young, you're already hearing, um, no, you need to do things like this, not like that. Mm-hmm. Is that how you do it in your husband's house? Oh my God. You need to learn how to do... And, like, and it will be all these things that they would never ask... Like... Things they would ask of me, they wouldn't even ask of my brother. Yeah. Like, and even just your sense of responsibility, the sense of expectation, yeah. the way, how proper you had to be, how um, obedient, respect, like how respectful, all of those things. There was like a sense that you had to be more so, like being a good girl, right? Like there's a sense that you have to be more so these well, things I, as a girl. Like the I level mean, of it, I the level of how, service I, that you need to be able to execute at any given time. Guests come into the house, you need to be always I thinking know. about what other people need. People have come, make sure you welcome them, then make sure you go Offer bring them, out the table, yeah. bring out the trays of drink and, and bring out the snacks. Like your like your brain is... They educate you to kind of be on in a in an attitude of servitude at all yeah. times. And there's also like just a level of awareness of like 
that you have to have at every point in time not just to what do people need what like also like but about how you're carrying yourself how like how do you, how, are you how, dressing? how are you sitting down how are you this, yeah this, 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 what are you like and i, I told you oh, this, i remember I, getting I told, told off i remember i remember like being taught to sit yeah i don't know if i was like taught, i remember but it was, like, sit like a girl was a thing that my yeah that my, I, re- my mom I remember would say all the time. once like she i was probably just again a child milling about doing what i do relaxing and then kind of just getting told off slash instructed to make sure that when I sit down, my legs are closed. Yeah. Like, my mom would just yell, sit like a girl. It yeah. Was a whole, it was a whole thing. And I, I also told you about the one how, I mean, I, I feel how I feel about physical touch a lot of the times. Like, but me thinking as an adult that like, oh no, physical touch is just not like not very important to me, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm this way. But then realizing like, is that really true? I actually don't know because mm. I think I was like super touchy as a child. Um, I remember my mom would tell me, oh, yeah, far me, I'll be a logo. Like, stop rubbing on people like cats. Like, was a whole, <laughs> <laughs> was a whole thing. Um, that's what she used to say to me all the time because, again, it was like, oh, as a girl, like, you get taken advantage of. It's like sending signals mm-hmm. in, like, a way if you're, like, oh. this kind of person. And so I literally would hold myself. Mm. I literally had to start holding myself, like, when I was, like, yeah. not to be touching people, like, not to be... Oh, <laughs> just, like, as you bring this up... As you bring this up, I actually was having a thought this week because it's like I was thinking about like my personality um, and how it's a little bit hard to draw the line between like, am I this way because this is who I am or am I this way because this is what has been asked of me? And like sometimes I really can't tell because there's very there's certain things to do with that like energy of servitude for lack of a better word that we're yeah. that we're instructed to have as nigerians that like they feel as nigerian girls like they feel very authentic to me like there's a lot of things i like in like whether it's like something like hosting or just making mm-hmm. sure that people feel welcome people feel like attended to like there's something about that that i enjoy it even ties into like the gift giving like just certain things like that that feel authentic to me but also, like, I have this in, inner wrestling with them because I'm, like, they also just feel like being, like, trying really hard to be a good girl, for mm-hmm. lack of a better phrase. I remember, and it just makes me, it makes me think about my personality as a whole. I remember once I was talking to my mom and she talked about how, like, carefree I was as a child and, like, how, like, like just really carefree um and like again i i don't think my strong strong will has left me fully but it definitely like i ha- i've had to refine that in myself but like she literally told me that like she was like yeah like we had to, she she straight up said that they had to like beat some of my personality out of me because like a girl just couldn't be like that like like like, yeah like she was just like it just was like it she didn't say in these words but this this idea that it was like kind of unbecoming that like if you just carry on this way you just kind of be all over the place and society doesn't have room for a girl who's just like like it was just like kind of just like little children yeah one experience i remember i was i think i was in primary three or primary four so i don't know seven or eight and again, my school bus was late to come and pick us from school on that day. So as children do, like I left my bag under the tree and we're playing around, right? Um, and then the bus came and I just forgot my bag under the tree because again, 
a literal child. You're a child. <laughs> um, and so, as I said, like, I was already responsible for watching my siblings. So the key to the house was inside my bag that I've left mm. in school. <laughs> so um, we end up, like, sitting outside our house for uh, my mom to come back from work because I left my bag in school with the key. And I remember, like, we had this family friend who their children, like, they went to some school where there was, like, a shortcut home like that would pass in front of our house. This was like that road. Eventually they closed it because it was not a real road. It was a shortcut. So they were coming from school and they, on their way home. And then they saw us sitting outside. They're like, ah, like what happened to so like, oh, I left my bag, the key, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, just leave your mom a note that you are at our house and just come home with us instead of sitting outside. Mm-hmm. Again, is that a bad thing to do? I mean, I, it's like the best option you have at that time. Uh, uh, right. I think in that's that a moment. responsible thing to do. Like, I mean, I don't know. So we left a note. So we're like, okay, we're at this people's house. And then we follow them home. So again, they were our family friends. It wasn't like a stranger. Yeah, it's like, not like strangers. We know them, right? So my mom, after my mom came back from work, she saw the note. So she came to get us from their house. Um, but I remember that day, my mom, she said, go and bring your cane. Because as <sighs> it was... My mom, we had our own different... My mom was a teacher, right? So yeah, she, used to bring, uh-huh. she used to bring the canes from school and you had your cane according to your age. So when you say go and bring your cane, like you bring your own cane. <laughs> like you don't bring somebody else's cane. No, we definitely you had that as well. Your own cane. <laughs> your assigned cane. Yeah. And she made me lay myself flat on the bed. Oh my the God. The beating that I got that day. I, even till now, I don't know what I was being beaten for. Was I beaten for, for getting my school bag in school? Or was I busy for following the people home? I actually still don't know. <laughs> I think like you're what? still trying to reason it. I really don't know. No, like, <laughs> and stuff like this just makes me actually think about our parents' generation a lot. I'm like, firstly, like, the amount of their own rigid ideas that they had that they imposed on us, right? Like, even th- these ideas of, like, not letting children just be children. Like, knowing, again, it's hard to even fully blame them because this the society just dictates all of that stuff like they're right to a certain degree if you don't pattern yourself or i think they're right in the degree that they don't want to bring shame onto themselves and onto Mm -hmm. their families right so they pattern their children in such a fashion that the children won't be embarrassments and nobody will come and knock on their doors or there, there won't be whispers about you know that's chioma or you know like that people won't talk left about them so there's that but then also like when it comes to the beating i just wonder like how many of our parents actually just have like genuine anger issues honest to god i'm like my sister my sister told me one today like i can't wrap my head around sorry let me just quickly tell you this story because i I, I still like my sister told me this one today i'm like that doesn't make any sense like when my parents split my sister was living with my dad because of her school like went to we went to school we grew up in ukorodu and my mom moved to shagamo so clearly like they didn't want to change school for us. So she was staying stay with my dad, continued to go to the same school in Ikorodu. But when she would go and visit with my mom in Chagam, she never really wanted to go back because as a child, like, again, when your parents are not together, like, there is a tendency to, like, want to stay with one parent and you you don't want to leave, you're crying. It's just like, again, even if you went to boarding school, like, it's, you're crying, you don't want to honest, leave. I mean, obviously, I know, I know the feeling and it's not even about, it's not even about, sometimes it's not even about liking one parent over the other. It's just yeah. like, you're, it's just the the leaving. Yeah, is always so, hard. Like you miss. Yeah, you just don't want to leave. So anywhere. yeah, my sister was like crying and blah. She said my mom beat her. Like I'm just like, 
That doesn't make any sense. Like, like what? Why? Like, and then she said, like, by t- like by the time she got back to my dad, like my dad saw the marks on her body. Like, imagine, oh, beating to the, there was a marks. I'm like, my dad was like, oh, your mom did that. My son was just like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Like type of thing. Like, like kind of. I guess even since then, she kind of had the idea of like just leave whatever happens with each parent. Just leave it yeah. in their individual places yeah. and don't like don't mix it together. So, but I was like. That doesn't make any sense at all. Like, yes. Why is that something you should be beating for that you don't want to leave? Like, why beating so much to the extent that, like, you have all these marks? Like, that seems like a lot and unnecessary, quite frankly. There's a lot in this quote-unquote discipline thing that I'm like, it's actually, like, I'm like, that I think there's an element of taking out your own personal frustrations on your children. And then also... I- and this may be harsh, but I think some of it is laziness. You just take the shortcut to resolving things with your children. Instead mm. of actually teaching or like explaining, you're just like, nope, this is wrong. You should know what, you should be able to read my mind as to all the things that I could find wrong. Mm-hmm. And so like, as a result of your ability or inability to read my mind, this beating is coming to you. I'm like, and then eventually after some time, like, you just don't care anymore. You're just like, what's it? Okay, fine. I will do the one I want to do. Come on. Like, the worst you will do is be like, come and beat me. Yeah. Will, will Shasha be okay? But I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of that beating stuff. Especially, yeah. There's just a lot of the beating stuff that I'm just like, yeah, like you guys have say, issues. When I grew up, I didn't, I wasn't looking at it like, oh, this is abusive. And even now, I don't know that I look back on it and like, oh, I was like, oh, I was abused or anything. But like, I, again, like the instance my sister mentioned, I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, that doesn't seem like something you should beat somebody over. Like, I get maybe, okay, child has done something wrong. Like, maybe you beat them. It, you can argue about whether that's right or not. Or that's right for punishment. But those ones, I'm not out here being like, oh, that's abusive. Like, I just like, that's the culture or whatever. But for some of these examples, like me forgetting my bag in school and being beaten and then going to a neighbor's place and being beaten uh, or my sister like beaten for not wanting to. Like, I'm just like, that doesn't make sense. Like, those don't seem like any things that are worth beating somebody for. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but my dad would literally make us pick pin and then beat the leg that we were standing on. Jesus. Like, pick pin is a form of punishment. That's basically you stand on one leg you lift your other leg up and then you can kind of manage your balance with your index finger on one of your hands and that's all you get. And then sometimes somebody is beating you with the belt on the back of your leg while you're doing it. So yeah, feel free to try it at home or don't. I'm like, that is... Or also like, what level... Like, the reason why in my mind I start to rethink these things and I'm like, fine, it may not be abusive in the context of our culture as per it's actually a norm so i mean abusive as that in that people within the cultural context are not seeing it as abusive like they're doing it but they don't understand that they're participating in something that can be considered abuse because it's just the norm but i'm like what is ginger in your body that you want to do something that leaves a mark on your child yeah like deep like I've like been slapped so hard by my dad that I, I literally had his fingers on my face. I'm like, what is that doing for you? I've been, you know, when they say that people say, if you slap, I'll slap you, sisters. Yeah. I've actually literally seen stars before like, one time when my mom slapped me. I'm not joking. I'm not. It was the middle of the day, so it wasn't at night. Like, I don't know why I, I'm laughing. 
I actually legitimately saw stars. Like, I'm not even joking. Oh, that one time, my, my mom God. stopped me and I saw stars in the middle of the day. <laughs> like, I just, I was I'm, dazed. I'm curious as to whether they stand by it to you now. Like, whether knowing, like, kind of all of us having grown and knowing what we know now, like, they still, everybody thinks that, like, okay, these are viable forms of discipline. Because I'm like, it's a very unfavorable look, the hindsight look when it comes to all these beatings and reactions and some of the things even like some of the things that weren't beating like (laughs) i was thinking when you were telling your own story about beans that i feel like every nigerian child has some horrible story about beans (laughs) (laughs) this is mine it's not even deep it's definitely not any house burning level but i just remember like once i didn't like beans as a food like as a child so we had it for dinner once and i didn't want to eat it and so I might, and they just like my dad was just like, "You you sit there till you eat your beans," and he meant it. And I slept at the dining table. Oh my god! Like I literally like, I cried, I cried, I cried. Obviously, I didn't want to eat these beans. But like ultimately, I slept at the dining. I slept there and I woke up there. And like he meant it. He meant you will you will sit there till you eat the, these beans. And I just think like, okay, like what was the point? Yeah. I told my sister one such story of not a beating, but one that I, or a story that I remember where I'm just like, I could not do that to my child. I was in Nosri 2. Nosri 2! <laughs> That's not even a real thing. You are like yeah. literally like three years of age. Yeah, but I remember this experience. Nosri 2. I remember I was in Nosri school, very much so. Like not primary school yet. Um, <laughs> and so... That, I think, again, because I was a literal child, I'd come back from school, just being careless with my school shoes, my school sandals, they were somewhere, I don't know. Well, the morning came, and it was time for me to go to school, and I cannot find my school sandal, right? Like, because, again, like... You're I, a I, child! I, right? I look for the school sandal, blah, blah, blah. And my mom was like, all right, well, carry your bare feet and go to school. <laughs> what the hell? I took my bare feet and carried myself to school. Again, and you know that in, in school, you used to have assembly in the morning. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I cannot be at assembly with no shoes. So I had to hide in the class during assembly, which you know also that is a big problem if you are caught not going to assembly. Mm-hmm. Just imagine the terror in my soul that whole time of like hiding so that I can, so as not to get in trouble at the assembly for not having any shoes. <laughs> and so during that whole day, I could barely get up from my desk. I could barely do anything because I had no shoes. <laughs> like I was went to school with no shoes on, sis. And so I remember a few years after that, my like my sister had done something to offend me. And so I hid her shoes, thinking that my mom would do the same thing that she did to me wow. as a child. So <laughs> yeah, looking for vengeance. I was a child, so yeah. <laughs> but no, my mom made me look for my sister's shoe for her Good. she was like you have to find the shoe i was so annoyed because clearly i knew where the shoes was but also i was like nobody helped me find my shoes like when best it was one, my best turn. One right like now you're making me find her shoes for her of course i i put i was one who hit the shoe so i found so, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also i was like well that's not fair but i remember that experience clearly of being in nursery school and having to go to school with no shoes on yeah like it just didn't make any sense yeah wow being the first child particularly the first girl in the nigerian home crazy was it's not fun at all 
it's not the vibe just the responsibility but I, I can't lie i can't lie i still enjoyed like hearing <laughs> hearing all your beating stories <laughs> They're so vivid and so descriptive. Oh, my, the life I've had, sis. The life I've had. You really went through. And that was only at home. My Literally days, the earliest my of my life. <laughs> like, early years. <laughs> so this has been part one. It's a nice lead-in because on the next conversation, we get into some of the school beatings. Even The trouble didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's only got yes. worse. Alright, so mm-hmm. you want to head on over right now to listen to the next one. You really don't want to yeah, miss it. Just go straight. Yeah. Don't turn left or right. Don't pass go. Don't collect 200. <laughs> go to the next yep, episode. Catch right you on the way. next one. Thanks so much for listening. Are You Me was created by the two of us. It's edited by our sister Misha and produced by our friend Falaran in partnership with Yawa. We love you guys. The music was produced by the incredible David, a.k.a. Dalat. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when we drop a new conversation. And if you liked what you heard, give us all the stars and a good review. And also, tell a friend to tell a friend. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can also send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. We send out periodic newsletters with fun bonus content. Sign up on our website at ayumipodcast.com. Take good care of yourself. Till next time, this has been Are You Me? Me?